All right, welcome everybody to the very first Give Em Jesus podcast. My name is Luke Hockenjoss, and I have my co-host and co-laborer in the ministry with me, mm. mm-hmm, Mr. Hunter Brost. Say hey, everybody. Hello, this is Hunter Brost. Hunter so. Brost. He has also got a podcast called Lit P, Life in the Pocket, a wonderful podcast. I encourage you to go and check that out. It's on Spotify, uh, Apple, pretty podcasts. much anywhere you can listen to a podcast. So, and where will this podcast be, Hunter? At, same thing. Same thing. Anywhere yeah. you can get a podcast, this is where this one's going to be, and uh, it's just going to be awesome. Just to give you a little introduction of what the Give Them Jesus podcast is going to be like, uh, there's a lot of stuff out there for people that are dealing with drug addiction. Uh, there's a lot of stuff for the actual addict, but there's very little material for family members of addicts and parents of addicts and and those types of things. And so we feel that uh, God has opened the door for us to start this podcast and really just share our hearts with the families for the podcast and or families of the addicts. And so that's what this whole podcast is going to be about. And so we're going to start right off because this one's going to be aired um, the day after Thanksgiving. And so the very first thing that we are discussing is the holiday with an addict. So is that is that the day? Every Friday? Every Friday. Every Friday. Every Friday. Okay. You have to excuse me, folks. This is my first podcast, and I've actually got the jitters over here, Hunter. Well, I mean, you're doing pretty good because you don't know, but your voice sounds amazing. So. Yeah, I don't have headphones in. It's uh, kind of like you could just, now this is probably going to be a more of a, a hit than a compliment but you could just fall asleep and listen to luke talk so. you know i have actually had people fall asleep during my sermons uh and it was actually we were at a school one time and folks if you don't know this i have add and so we're going to be chasing a few rabbits during this podcast but uh we're at a school function one time and a guy was talk sharing his story he uh is a double amputee no legs i was standing up there and was showing pictures and we started hearing this gosh awful snoring and we look over, and there was this young man, head back, snoring. We thought he was asleep. Turns out the young man was having a seizure uh, because of the sight of the fellow's legs. True story. Uh, it's mm. wonderful. I've never caused anybody to have a seizure, but I have put several people to sleep during my sermon. Wow. I know. Have you ever put anybody to sleep with your lullabies? I don't really make eye contact with people. I've noticed that. You haven't made eye contact with me once during this whole two minutes of this podcast. Yeah, whether it's been a... Uh, definitely not music, because everybody complains when I play music that it's too loud, so... I think it's wonderful. Um, but when I preach, it's... You know, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to make contact with that one person that's, like, doing the shaking head, like, mm. you're, you're a false teacher, so... Yeah. I'm always afraid that there's going to be that one retired pastor mm. that's going to be in the congregation, and I'm going to say something wrong... And he's going to raise the eyebrow, and then he's going to go and call everybody, the people that ordained me, the church that licensed mm. me, and say that they need to re- revoke everything that they've done. And then, yeah, that's always my biggest fear. So that's a little into the heart of— Well, you could just take them out back after service and threaten them. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I'm kind of past that okay. stage of my yeah. life, Hunter. Uh we don't give them threats. We give them Jesus. Well, talking about stages of life, why don't you just give a little short intro into who you are, mm. just in case there's somebody who doesn't know Luke Hockenjoss. Short intro. Here is my resume. Worked in the oil field from the time I was six years old until I was in my 20s. 
uh, left the oil field to sell methamphetamine, uh, was a drug dealer and a drug addict, and now, since November 2nd of 2014, I have been a follower of Jesus Christ and an evangelist and travel the world and, and preach the gospel. And, and at one point in my life, there was no way I'd have been having a podcast talking to families and friends of addicts and alcoholics. And, uh, you know, and that's another thing, too, if you're listening to this podcast and you've never surrendered your heart to Jesus, man, that is the greatest thing you could ever do. Yes. Uh, it is the most important thing you could ever do. And it's the whole reason that we're here uh, is to give our lives to Christ and to grow in Christ and to lead other, others to Christ and to make disciples that, that make disciples. And so if you've never done that, we encourage you to reach out to someone. You can email me at giveemjesus at gmail.com. Uh, reach out to a local pastor. Uh, just reach out to somebody and, 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 man, just surrender your heart to Christ. Reach out to Jesus. Just Just pray and ask him to... And come into your life and, and to change you. Uh, Amen, brother. Amen. This is kind of turned into a little mini sermon. But yeah, that, you, you know, look, there's don't feel alone out there. Just mm-hmm. go to give him Jesus on Facebook. Yeah. You can message Luke on Facebook. Yeah. You can do you have an email? Well, I gave him my email because if oh, you message sorry, me on Facebook, listening. we have so many people um that That's message true. us and they go into a file of um what is it? I have to accept and yeah. I can't get any more friends on Facebook because... He has so uh, many friends. Not really. I just have so many people that have hit friend request. And uh, I have very... You're one of my friends, though. Mm-hmm. I do can... I made it in. Yeah, you, you made it into the inward circle yeah. of, of Luke Hockenjoss. Yep. And, you know, the circle is like a ring, and there's no break. So once you're in, you ain't getting out. It's true. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. not getting out at all. Yeah, but you've been blowing and going. You Man. Know, you said you've been... Yeah. An evangelist, he like comes in my office and be like, "Hey, what's up? Like, how are you doing today?" And I'm like, "I'm doing great." And he's like, "All right, I gotta go." And I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, I guess you're on to the next one." Like, on to the next one. We just blow and we just go and we just. That sounds horrible, but yeah, uh, yeah. But, you know bleep I mean? that one out. You, <laughs> you really are though. Just I, I couldn't do the traveling. I'm not a traveling mm. guy. I, I yep. complain about my 26-minute commute to work every day. So We probably do on average five to 6,000 miles a month, mm. uh, which, you know, in grand scheme of things, that's not a lot. Uh, there's some people that do a lot more than that. And, uh, you know, this ministry of Give Them Jesus start actually tomorrow will be five years since I preached my first sermon. I was homeless living in the back of my truck and drove to Oak Grove, Louisiana, and I preached my very first sermon. And... Uh, you know, it's just been, my first church was a barn with pine straw floors, had three people, two bull mastiffs. There was actually a uh, pet crematory business in the pasture where the barn was. So I'd be preaching the gospel and people would be dropping off their dead fluffy to get cremated. Uh, true story. You're lying. No, I'm, I, I can't make that up. There wow. is no way to make that up. You were preaching the gospel to them or to the animals? I was pre- Well, there was usually only other, two other people that were there, so... Uh-huh. They were getting a earful, and the bull mastiffs, I mean, they got saved every service. Hey, they just, amen. I mean, they came down and, and, and they start drooling. Oh, they were drooling for the gospel. Yeah. You know, amen. there was a few rats in there that got saved and became oh mouse. Oh, gosh. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's really where this started. It didn't start with the, you know, the glamour of things that a lot of people think that their ministries <clears throat> should start out with. And I was that person. I felt like every mega church should be calling me because I had 
and I quote, I would say that I have such a powerful testimony as the way that I started it. And here's the thing about a testimony. It's not powerful because of anything that we've done. Testimonies are powerful because of Jesus Christ and yeah. what he's done. You know, so if you're out there and you may say that you don't have the testimony of the drugs and, and the alcohol and, and the arrest record, well, first I'd like to say praise God for that. You don't want my testimony in that aspect. But if you just grew up in church and you gave your life to Jesus at a young age and you've been living for him ever since, then that is a powerful testimony because the same Jesus that makes your testimony is the same Jesus that makes mine. That's right. You know, so every testimony that has Jesus in it is powerful. Yeah. Uh, and, it, you know, you say that, and most people will come to, whether it's your testimony or somebody else's, they'll come to like an event where, you know, they hear a powerful, what we would call a powerful testimony. And they're like, oh my gosh, I wish I had a testimony like that or something. They just think that or make that statement. But a lot of people really don't know the baggage mm. that would probably come with. I'm not saying that I have that kind of testimony. Mine's pretty, it's not It's not the whole I was brought up in church all my life, a pastor's kid, and then got saved at a PBS and been a Christian ever since. But You were brought up. I was, you were, I was in church every day. I, I was Lutheran. Lutheran. Yeah. yeah. So, I, was, yeah. Um, I always think of Star Wars when yeah. I hear Lutheran. I yeah. don't know why, but well, I do. I mean. Yeah. Use the I'm trying Obi-Wan. to think. <laughs> I just watched the very first Star Wars Did you last really? night, and I'm like, I'm going through chronological order. But anyway, so yeah. um, back to your testimony. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, pretty much, I grew up Lutheran, so I always had, and there that is Protestant. Just in case you didn't know, um, it's very close to Catholic, though. But um, so I grew up um, hearing Scripture every day. I always went to church, not every day, every Sunday. I always went to church because my dad went to church. I wasn't dragged to church. I just, we got up on Sunday and we went to church. That's what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really truly know Christ until I was about, a, I think I was a freshman in high school. I get confused whether it's my freshman year or my sophomore year, but I was at a D-Now event and... Uh, really surrendered to Christ at that moment. So I always had Christian values around me, but during that time in high school, you know, I was definitely living the whole double life, doing things that you shouldn't do, and then um, finally turned my life around. But Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, not necessarily the powerful. I got in a car wreck, and while I was flipping through the air, I asked Jesus to save me, and he did, so here I am. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I've never thought, until probably about a couple of years ago, about how many people have those stories, and you walk away thinking that person, they are a new creation, mm-hmm. but there's still that baggage from the past that can come up, and you know they're still fighting just like everybody else. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there is a lot of baggage with anybody that has a destructive past. Uh, you one, you'll have people that will doubt your salvation daily. Uh, and always, you know, this is kind of for the addicts. If you're listening, people will all will always doubt. They will take it to the grave that one of these days you're going to slip back and you're going to fall, but you never have to if Jesus is your Lord and Savior because he makes you a new creation, and behold, the old way of life is dead. All things become new. Uh, and then there's the baggage from consequences of your sin and consequences of that lifestyle. Um, my wife and I were talking this morning. She made the statement of she wondered what my liver looked like because of all the amount of alcohol that I drank. Uh, and she was wondering what, 
my blood work and everything would be. And so there are consequences from that lifestyle and, and baggage, but praise the Lord, we don't have to carry that baggage yeah. on our own, you know, and, and that'll kind of bring us into this topic this morning, uh, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to this podcast. The first topic of the, the Giving Jesus very podcast. first topic. When, so in our story, my family, we are very public about our story because we want to, we want to help other families see uh, the the dirt that that addiction brings, uh, the pain and the suffering that addiction brings, but also the hope and the joy that can come from Christ. And so, not only was I addicted to methamphetamine, but my sister was also addicted. And so, you had several holidays around the Hawk and Joss and the Hawk family. The Hawks being my mom's maiden family, where. They didn't really know what to expect when I would show up or when my sister would show up because we were always at each other's throats. Um, I would come inside and my sister would walk outside or I would come inside and my dad would walk outside or same thing with my sister. It was just chaotic at our house around the holidays. And, And with the holidays coming up, I just felt like that this would be a good time to kind of bring up a few uh, a few things with families that are that are dealing with addicts, and the very first thing is you have to be pre-prayed, uh, if that makes sense to you. I had written down be prepared, but it's really be pre-prayed. It's uh, clever. It, thank you, thank you. I, I was studying this morning and wrote that down, and I was like, mm, just started a new T-shirt. But anyways, it, the reason we say be pre-prayed is because number one, the battle is coming to your front door. Uh, Drug addicts and alcoholics and and people that are caught in those types of addiction, they are loose cannons. Uh, and if you have somebody in your family that is experiencing that, then you know what I'm talking about. One minute, they may be just as happy as they can be. And they may you may even say when they walk through the door, there's my old son or there's my old daughter. And they may look they may look the same and act the same as they did when they were younger, but you give it ten minutes. 15 minutes, an hour, something will happen, and it'll it'll trigger something that will just cause an explosion. Uh, turkey may go flying, dressing may go flying, cuss words may go flying. Uh, and so the reason that we say to be prepared goes all the way back to Ephesians. When Paul says that your battle is not against flesh and blood, and then he walks us through the full armor of God, you know, the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, your shield of faith and having the belt of truth and your sword, which is the word of God, and having your feet ready in the gospel of peace. And and what happens is a lot of times in these in families, we think that our battle is against the addict themselves. And so when something drastic happens, oh man, we start just flinging words, uh, flinging fists, flinging anything we can at the addict themselves. I remember one time, Hunter, I was uh, I was in high school. I was an alcoholic at this point, and I was at a homecoming dance. I had taken a college girl, and we went to a college party afterwards, and I was already drinking very heavily, and I believe I drank two-fifths of Jack Daniels and a six-pack on the way home uh, and drove 30 minutes to get to my parents' house and down a road called White Lightning. They used it to traffic moonshine many years ago. So it's very, very curvy, very windy, and 
get to my mom's house and my dad's house, and I pass out on the porch. And I remember what my mom said because it's always stuck to me. She, My mom came outside and grabbed my hat and started beating me with it. And she was hitting me upside. Of course, I was drunk. I couldn't feel anything. I could. All I could do was see things. But I can remember what she was saying. She was saying, what have you done with my baby? What have you done with my son? And I now at the age I'm at now, I've asked my mom what she was saying, and she said, I was talking to the devil that was controlling your life. Uh, she said, my aim was at you, but my aim was at the devil because that's who was controlling my life, even at a 16, 17-year-old boy. And so parents of addicts, families of addicts, you need to be pre-prayed this holiday season when your loved one comes. And and we do pray that they do come to the holiday gathering because we want you to be around your families, but also know that if they don't come, that doesn't mean to stop praying for them. If they don't come, that doesn't mean that they love you any less. This addiction that they have has trapped them in in so much bondage and so much shame and so much condemnation. And the enemy is making them think that their families don't love them. My mom, when she shares her story, she always says that if you don't love your addict, if you don't love your loved one, then the devil will show them a false love. And that's what happened to my sister and I. We were shown a false love from the enemy. Your mom doesn't really love you. If she did, she would be treating you different. Your dad doesn't love you. If he did, he would say it in a different way and all those things. And so the very first thing for you this holiday season is to be pre-prayed. Pray for your loved one. If it's a son, pray that they'll get sick the next time that they shoot up or the next time that they smoke or the next time that they take a drink. My mom prayed that for many years. Um, and I got sick several times, but I had no idea that that's what she was praying until later on in life. Uh, pray that they will come to their senses. You know, if you go to the Gospel of Luke, and it's Luke 15, the prodigal son, he squandered off his inheritance, lived in some pretty wild living. Uh, we read that in just a few verses when all reality, that was many years of that wild living, and then he finds himself in a pig pen wanting to eat pig food. I am a redneck from the middle of the woods. I have eaten some stuff. I've been on pipelines where people caught armadillos, and that's what Mm. they cooked. I would not know what to do with myself if I was at the point to where I wanted to eat pig slot. Yeah, that's not happening for me. No, not happening. I've never seen that at a Southern Baptist event (laughs) in a 9 by 13 uh, casserole dish. Yeah. But, you know, that's the shape that he was in. And the Bible says that he came to his senses. And so that's one of the things that you should pray for your loved one this holiday season is that they come to their senses. And then you need to pray for your protection over your home. Uh, I showed up to my mom's house one time and she wanted me to pray. They have a log cabin, beautiful place. Uh, we love it out there. And my mom wanted me to help her wash the house while this is in 2014 when I was at my worst. And I showed up and I apparently Man. told my mom that if I disappear, don't worry about it. Um, made her think that I was either with the FBI or with, I mean, cartel. I mean, mm-hmm. she said I was just saying some off the wall stuff. And she said that you could just feel an evil presence around me. And and when I left, my mom took anointing oil, uh, and she walked around her house and her property, and she prayed. 
And she said, this house does not belong to the devil. This house belongs to God. This house is covered by the blood of Jesus. She would pray Psalm 91 for my sister and I every day, sometimes multiple times a day. Um, wow. Yeah, taking out, putting our names in that psalm, she would pray it. I mean, she just cried out to it. So my mom fought the battle of addiction. And one of these days we'll have her on this podcast. We're going to interview different people you know, oh. during these podcasts. And, and But she prayed, and, and she was pre-prayed for the holiday seasons. And although they were difficult, although they were tough, uh, she had something else fighting with her, and that was the Holy Spirit. Uh, and there's another thing during the holiday season which is very important, and that is do not compromise on any rules that you have set with your loved one. Uh, and that's hard for a lot of people to hear because uh, it's the holiday season, Hunter. I mean, you have a little girl now. Uh, how old is she? She's going to be two. She's going to be two. On December 26th. Oh, so she has Christmas birthday yeah, she's one of those she's one of those yeah man she just got to where when you say how old are you she says i too i too i too okay is that her new rap name yes i too well you know and i'm sounds not a, pretty good it does actually. sound thank you i had a dream about <laughs> ti last night that's the only reason i'm thinking about rappers but well you know that's one of those things and i'm not a parent um and so i say this as a as someone that does not i've never had a kid uh, so I can I say this in a way that I pray that you hear the love and, and the understanding that I have, uh, but you cannot compromise on any rules that you have set just because it's the holiday season. And, and here's why I say that. A lot of parents have talked to us and, and said that during the holidays, you know, they'll, they'll compromise on something that they, they had, like a rule of, um, you know, I'm not saying don't allow your your kid there at your house or your loved one at the house. But if you have a rule saying that they cannot, you know, they just can't stay there because you can't trust them, you cannot compromise just because it's a holiday season. Because what happens when you let them stay just for a little bit, <clears throat> although it's the holiday season, they're still in that same situation that they were in. And you will eventually find out that they're going to, if they have not had a conversion and given their life to Jesus Christ, if they're still that same person that they were when you set that rule, they will either steal from you or they will burn you and you will have the thought, why did I give in just one more time? Uh, and it's just, yeah. Well, I got some questions. Hunter has some questions. So just uh, you were talking about during the holidays. So to clarify, talking about the prodigal son, so answer this. Mm. Should you, first question, should you welcome them into your home on Thanksgiving? Yes or no? I believe absolutely. Okay. Um, what if somebody has just, you know, maybe they were in a fit of anger or just really upset one day and they said something about don't ever come around here again. Would it be a good gesture to say, hey, uh, we want y'all to come over for Thanksgiving, try to mend that bridge, you know? Reach out to them? I believe that you should reach out to them. And if you've said that, if you have ever said those words, don't ever come out of anger, and you've said those words, don't ever come around here again, I never want to see you again. If you've said those words, then you have said things that have caused more damage than you will ever be able to see. If you've said them out of anger, and the reason that I keep saying that is because a lot of times addicts will push you. <laughs> they are like little... Uh, I mean, they will push and they will push and they will push the boundaries. 
and so, and they'll they're going to cause your blood 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 to boil. You know, no matter what happened in our family, there was never anything said out of anger. Uh, now there was a lot of things done uh, in how do I say this? There was a lot of things done through frustration, yeah. but there was never hateful things said in anger. Um, if you said those things out of anger, then you need to repent, uh, ask God for forgiveness. And the Bible says that he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we first confess our sins. You're, and Jesus said that people will know that you're his disciples by how you love others. That's right. And so if you've said those things, then the holiday season is a wonderful time to reach out and to apologize and to ask for forgiveness and to invite them over for Thanksgiving, to invite them over for Christmas. But you have to be prepared for some backlash. Yeah. Uh, because it's the addict remembers uh, you may, and a lot of people think that drug addicts and alcoholics are stupid uh, some of the smartest people you'll ever meet are um, drug addicts and alcoholics uh, and, and so they're going to remember what you said and they're going to see if you're truly sorry or if you're just saying it because it's the holiday and you want to look like this perfect put together family yeah you know that's good. Yeah. Right now we're at about 25 minutes. We are in about 25 minutes. So we have five minutes to spare. I was just wondering, so let's say one more question. One more question. Um, when you're, or let's just say if you have, whether it's a, a daughter, a son, a brother, a sister, whoever it is in your family, let's say they come and they start to... I don't know, stir th things start to get a little rowdy on Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. and, it, and they're causing the issue. What's mm -hmm. the best way to respond then? Best way to respond is away from everybody else. The f one thing that you don't want to do is you do not want to cause a scene in front of everybody else that is there. Uh, one reason, because you just, it'll feed the addict. Uh, he'll... The, he or she may say, why are you doing this in front of everybody else? They will make try to make you look like the bad person. So the first thing I would say is to pull them away off to the side where it's just you and that person, where there's no distractions, and it's just you and your son or your daughter. And I would say to tell them in a loving way that if this is the way that you're going to act, you cannot stay here. If you're going to call, this is not what today is about. If you want to come back later and do this and have an argument, come back when everybody else is gone, but you don't want to do this in front of everybody. Uh, where a lot of people, I don't want to say mess up because there's no there's no correct way to, to really, I mean, all I'm telling you are just things that we've experienced as a family. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's other ways, but where you, where you don't want to mess up is getting an addict rowdy in front of other people. One, because they're not in the right mindset. They will do things that they would never do sober. Uh, they could hurt somebody. They could uh, they could really cause some even more destruction in the family, and, and they feed off of other people. Uh, so the reason that we say is to pull them off to the side, just you know, politely ask them in a stern, polite, loving way, son, come over here and let's talk, or, or get your daughter and say, hey, sweetie, I'd love... Just come over here and talk with me just a little bit or get everybody else in the family to clear the room and just have that one-on-one -on -one conversation uh, to where there's no chaos. Yeah, well, what I've liked about this whole thing is it's not really um, 
how I guess some people would come in with how am I going to fix my addict this Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. And it's really more of how to number one prepare yourself through prayer mm-hmm. and the spiritual battle of what's happening with your addict. Mm-hmm. And then number two, you're not really changing anything that um you're not changing like you said, you're not compromising on any of your rules. Um, you're coming at it with love, so you're not doing things out of anger. You're not you're not coming ready to be mad at them or anything right. like that. You're just you're being normal. You're holding your same rules, but you're doing everything out of love, mm-hmm. which is how you would normally mm-hmm. uh, do things. But it's just the spiritual battle of because I feel like a lot of people will will have this um, assumption, I guess, that in some ways. You know, somebody who's addicted to something is like desensitized. They're this kind of thing. They're this thing more yeah. than they're your brother or your sister mm-hmm. or your daughter or your son. Mm-hmm. And so you have to come in kind of on your defense, I guess, right. uh, instead of just coming in prepared mm-hmm. spiritually. Right. You know? So that's kind of a cool way to look at it. So. Yeah. And that's, you know, we can't fix addicts. Uh, the only thing and the only person that can is Jesus Christ. Am I against rehab? No, I am not. But and am I against AA? No, I went to AA. Am I, I'm not against any of those programs. But those programs, without a relationship with Jesus Christ, will still leave somebody in a miserable state. But if you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's what truly changes the addict. So I say that to say, parents, you cannot change your addict, but you can change your attitude towards your addict. You cannot... Fix them with anger. You cannot fix them with words. You cannot fix them with money. Uh, only thing that you can really do for your addict and your loved one this holiday season is to love them in the way that Christ loved you. Because here's what's so amazing about Jesus. In our sin and in our filth and in our dirty rags and in how we are as sinners, Jesus still loves us just as much as he loves that person in your family that is caught in addiction, caught in bondage. And uh, so, man, just be pre-prayed, be prayed up, do not compromise, and, uh, I mean, just trust in the Lord. And the end this, uh, I'd like to pray, and then that'll be the end of the Give Him Jesus podcast one, unless you've got another question. Well, I do. Go for it. What's your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Oh, wow. Well, definitely not anything to do with chicken right now. Wow. Uh, well, I just came off of a week of food poisoning. Mm. And I believe oh, yeah, that that's it right. came from some chicken, uh, and so not dressing. Uh, my favorite Thanksgiving dish, turkey. Baked or fried? Doesn't matter. I you just give some me some turkey. turkey. I don't care. Turkey leg, turkey thigh, turkey wing, turkey breast. I do not one of my favorite videos, I'm going to say this, and this may hurt our views, I don't know, is the twerking turkey. I've never seen that. Oh my. I think I have seen that, it actually. It is absolutely hilarious. Huh. Uh, I laugh every time I see it, and it just makes me giggle. It makes me happy. Yeah. Uh, and it's just hilarious that somebody took time to do it. Anyways, it's just funny. <laughs> has absolutely nothing to do with every Jesus. Every time I see videos like that, I wonder who took the time out of their day right. to create what, this. Is that what you do for a job? Yeah. Of course, people probably see me and wonder what I do for a job. That's true. And, 
You know, I just... All you do is just read the Bible until I, somebody asks you to talk about it, right? That's it. And my wife, I told her I was starting a podcast, and she said, you just love to hear yourself talk. <laughs> I said, well, not really, but... Well, whatever. my favorite Thanksgiving dish would be... How rude of me. I did not ask. Well, no, I was going to say it anyways. Oh. I mean... Hunter, what's your favorite Thanksgiving it, dish? It is mashed potatoes, but Ooh. mashed potatoes made by my grandmother. Okay, They're I was about to say... Nice and homemade? whipped. And, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. From scratch, I guess. Gravy? No gravy? When she makes... Uh, look, I'm very particular. Okay, so okay. if if I walk in the house on Thanksgiving and she's like... She'll she'll go around and she'll apologize. She'll mm. be like, hey guys, the ham's a little salty. And I'm like, ham could never be too salty. I right. mean, the more salty ham gets, it just turns into bacon mm. is all. That's true. So I'm not upset. But what I do know that means is that the gravy is extra salty. Mm. So when you have that extra salty gravy on your mashed potatoes, it's wonderful. So And it just so would you put bacon bits in your mashed potatoes? Oh yeah, without a doubt. Cheese. I don't do that. Oh, cheese. It, hey, you could take some of that ham, dice it up. That's a great idea. And put it in your mashed potatoes. I might do that this yes. this Thanksgiving. Try it, let us know how it tastes. Yeah. For sure. Uh, that I may do that too. I don't know. That that was a really <laughs> sounds pretty good. Really Revolutionary. Good well, bang. Why, why don't you wrap us up in prayer? Let me wrap it one, up in prayer. I thought this was a great episode. I thought it was too. Yeah. Hey, uh if you listen to this whole episode, man, give us a uh what is it, a five star review? Five star review on um Apple Podcasts. Apple uh, Podcasts. Leave a, a commented mm-hmm. review. Like if you yeah. like what Luke talks about, if you like how soothing his voice is, just go ahead and notate that with your five-star review. And if mm-hmm. you're listening on Spotify, um, go ahead and just follow us so that every time we post a new episode, you'll know right. you can listen to it. So. And if you have any suggestions on things that you would like discussed on this podcast, leave that in the comments. Uh, again, you can email me at giveemjesus, G-I-V-E-E-M, J-E-S-U-S at gmail.com and I'll respond to it to the best of my ability. Uh, The grammar may not be the best and the punctuation may not be the best, but I will respond. Uh, But let me close this in prayer and that'll be the wrap of Give Him Jesus podcast number one. Father, we love you. God, I thank you so much for loving us. Lord, I pray for all the families this season that are dealing with um, addictions, God, dealing with their loved ones that are that may not even come home uh, for the holidays. But, Lord, I pray, Lord, first off, for the families. God, they endure hardships that some people may never understand. And I pray that you give them comfort. God, I pray that you give them peace. God, I pray that you give them joy. Uh, God, I pray that they will stand strong, Lord, that they'll fight the real fight, which is against the devil, for their loved ones. God, I pray for the addicts. Lord, I pray that the dope doesn't taste good anymore, that the alcohol doesn't taste good anymore. God, that they will come to their senses and that they will return to you. God, and that they will come to you and Lord, then they'll return home. God, we love you. We praise you. Thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross. And Lord, if anyone's listening that doesn't have a relationship with you, God, I pray that they'll get alone, get by themselves, and that they will call on your name and ask you to come into their heart and forgive them of their sins and that they will turn and follow you for the rest of their days. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, love you guys. Don't give up. Give them Jesus.